Hey, what's up? This is Ava. And this is Vanilla. And this is the tea with A and V. Hello. Today we're back with another episode of Tea. <laughs> All right. So tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And yes. I know that this episode is going to come out after Valentine's Day. Yep. But I just think it's important to note that if you are listening to this, we love you and we appreciate you so much. And if you engage with like our stuff on social media, again, just we love and appreciate that. It Hearts means up. the world to us. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much. This is your little shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, v, I was talking with my mom. I wanted to say my G. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, first off, <laughs> I played my mom a little bit of the episode from last week before it was officially released. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, like, is this okay with, like, her father? Is her father going to be okay with it? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be fine or he just mm-hmm. doesn't listen to our episode. Like, <laughs> we'll be good. And she was like, oh, my God. Like, she was just so shocked. And I was like, mom, I think it's like, like, I know I could probably talk about dad, but I might not be able to talk about you like Mm -hmm. even though I have it's just like I think we know where the boundaries are yeah and so like I was playing the episode and my mom was like asking my dad like would you be okay if you know you heard this from Ava and he's like he was like not even listening and I was like my point exactly (laughs) (laughs) and so then it was just so funny it was just like this cute moment where we were just all talking about it um but a couple days later I end up I I went over to my mom's. She's my next door neighbor. So Mm -hmm. I'm always over there. And we were having a conversation. My brother was there too. And it was really cool. My oldest brother was there. And it was really cool because my mom shared with us that she's noticed in all six of us that the thing that has made each one of us so successful Mm -hmm. is also the thing that kind of hinders us. Mm -hmm. Like it's the thing that, that brings up like the resistance or the rebelliousness in us. And I was just like, so in awe of this moment because I really feel like she encapsulated what we truly struggle with Mm -hmm. and I just felt like it resonated so true with me but then I also like thought about the students that I we work with and you know whether I'm in the Bronx or I'm here in Lansing or at a camp or whatever I think it's so fascinating this generation of like high schoolers and college students one of the things that I I'm, admire about them the most is how much they want people to feel, mm-hmm. uh, like, loved and, yeah. like, that belonging and, and kindness. Like, yeah. they really are huge advocates of, like, don't be offensive. Like, mm-hmm. um I'm trying to I'm trying to get like an example, but basically I just really love how they're really embracing of of people and wanting to be so open and accepting of others. But yeah, I yeah. almost like kind of see how that's also what gets them in the most trouble. In the sense that when they start to speak out, it leads to like more conflict? Not necessarily in that way. I was I was thinking about how like when you want to be so open and you want to accept all things and everyone, you also don't realize that you spread yourself out thin. And mm-hmm. then it can be very exhausting. Like, 
you want to be sharing and you want to constantly like post. I'm trying to post way more on social media lately. This is like my <laughs> goal. I I just don't. I just for some reason I just stopped doing it. And now I'm like, no, I want to. I think it's important to do this. Um, to relate, to set up a, some type of community. And so, but I, I think that like when I look at what other people are posting and how much we're sharing and how much we are um, just like posting content and when you don't have boundaries, it can yeah. be exhausting, but it can also be very exposing. And I've learned in my life that the areas that I want to be the coolest, the most chill, especially mm-hmm. like in my dating, I think I've always prided myself on being friends with even my exes. But mm-hmm. why was that so important? And I think for me, it's because the version of me in high school that w- didn't feel like I was cool and popular. Now I want to feel that and I want to establish that in my adulthood. But yeah. it's just like at what cost? Like. There mm-hmm. should be boundaries because when I do get into a long-term relationship, it's like, what do I do with the pictures of the guy and me from Mexico City? What do I do mm-hmm. with the pictures of me and the guys that I used to date in Brazil? Like, do I keep them? Or do I do I delete them? And when do I delete them? Yeah. So anyways, I'm just saying that when I live this life of trying to be cool with everything, and it, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm very much influenced by like the Gen Z of like, they're just so open and like, yeah, that works and you can do this and you can do that. Um, I think I like that and I admire that part in Gen Z because I also mm-hmm. resonate with that and wanting to be very cool, wanting to be very open and accepting. And so when people like share with me something that they haven't told a lot of people, I always just want to be like really nice. And But now I'm to the point where I'm just like, OK, I think it comes with a cost. Oh, like, yeah. I'm tired. It is too much. I don't need to know these things or what do I do now that I know this and Mm -hmm. um and so yeah so I just I think it was just interesting you know hearing my mom say that each one of us as a kid you know as she's watched us grow up that the thing that makes us so resilient is also the thing that kind of hinders us and I think it's the same Mm -hmm. thing generationally I think each generation has what makes them special and very unique but it is also the very thing that kind of hurts them Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I just I kind of had took the lens of, you know, Gen Z just because I, I feel like I'm surrounded by them a lot more. And <laughs> I relate to some of the things like just the their ways of being. And I kind of was like, this also could be like the thing that is hurting them, because when you don't yeah. define boundaries, when you don't have rules or when you, you don't do, do those things, it's kind of I feel like you wake up and you find yourself so sp- spread out. Yeah, and you start to lose a sense of, like, your own identity, which is already so hard to cultivate. It's funny because this brought up so many questions and ideas (laughs) in my head and previous (laughs) conversations. But first of all, I'm technically Gen Z, right? Like, I I am Gen Z. (laughs) I'm 25, (laughs) and I was born in 1997, and I think the cutoff was, like, 1997 or 6 or something like that. Um... So I am part of the generation, and also I think I grew up at the very cusp, so I feel very much like a millennial in a lot of ways, too. So it's like this weird teetering between two different mentalities around how we should show up and how we should be, and I feel like I'm more traditional when it comes to certain things, like, for example, relationships, whereas when it comes to trying new things about fashion or trends, like, I tend to be more on the Gen Z end, and I completely agree. I feel like Gen Z as a whole, has started to 
embrace the idea of openness and vulnerability and honesty and authenticity there you very go. that's what i want to say well. <laughs> yeah um and it's beautiful and it makes me feel a lot more confident with it as well i think i've always prided myself on being someone who's very open and authentic and vulnerable or i try to be authentic and i try to be vulnerable at times and it's scary. Like even when you mentioned the idea of my dad hearing the podcast before, I had that conversation with my boyfriend too. And I was like, he was like, are you okay with exposing this much of your life now suddenly? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's going to be a bridge that <laughs> I cross. I didn't even think about that one. I didn't. I didn't because I'm so used to having conversations with people individually anyways about these same mm-hmm. topics. Is there really that much of a difference if we're kind of doing it on this platform? Of course, much more, like many more people will be able to listen to it and hear my perspectives. And I also hope that people are exercising constantly the idea of best intentions when they hear what we share, when they hear what we are discussing. Because at the end of the day, even my dad, like I said from the very beginning, I love him. He's the most intelligent person. Mm -hmm. He is so cool for having come to an understanding and awareness of emotional intelligence and of people given his own backgrounds and experiences and limitations in what he was able to learn and grow as he grew up and I really really respect that and also Mm -hmm. everyone is growing and improving and learning and everyone Mm -hmm. has these facets to themselves that we're constantly navigating and it's about giving everyone like that sense of grace right and that's kind of what all of last podcast episode was about and I think that The cost when it comes to being vulnerable is, of course, first of all, you never you might not know who you might be impacting with how Mm -hmm. open you're being about your own life. And it's exhausting to always feel like I'm open to listen and hear everyone's perspectives and thoughts. And in college, I would be I would pride myself on being the person that people could talk to if they needed to. And I loved holding that space. I loved being that Mm -hmm. person. I identified so deeply with it. Like, I will be your rock. I'll be your support. I will, you share anything and everything you want with me. And as I'm learning, as I grow older, it's okay to have boundaries, first of all. And it's really hard for me to sometimes remember that because it contradicts entirely with what I've tried to form my entire identity around, which is the idea Mm -hmm. of like vulnerability is courage, which for sure is true and also yeah at the expense of what like I doesn't I don't want to lose myself in the process and I feel like with Gen Z like the idea of being curious comes at the expense of not knowing what you want anymore we live in a world where Mm. there's just so much opportunity so many choices so much yeah exposure to everything and to all different ways of living and and people there's no more clear path on like what is right for me what, what what will make me happy it's so much harder to figure that out now because I have a lot more exposure to everyone else's opinions and perspectives and mindsets. Yep. And that's great because, first of all, I love learning about what other people are doing. I, I love just mm-hmm. diversity and perspective. It's what helps me, you know, grow. It's what we really like even in class right now, we're learning about how networks, which, you know, like are a group of people or like the group that you surround yourself with, the community that you build, that's your network, right? Yeah. If everyone is like-minded and similar, this is what we consider, what we call homophily. If okay, everyone girl, is use that NECR degree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to teach something out there, you know? I um, hear. But if, Let me get my If you need me to <laughs> tell you who said that, I don't remember. <laughs> but there is this term called homophily, which is the idea that everyone around you is experiencing the same mindset. And, like, we're all in this bubble, yes. basically. Yeah. That's my understanding of it, at least. <laughs> and... Um, And that comes at the expense 
of when you don't have enough diversity, you're not necessarily going to grow out of conflict because if conflict happens and everyone thinks the same way about it, then there's going to be an even bigger gap or an even bigger like divide and there may not be um, answers or solutions that are easy to think about because everyone's thinking the same way, right? So mm. diversity of perspective is super important when it comes to navigating life and navigating whatever conflicts you're experiencing, whether it's within yourself or with the people around you. And yeah. also there's a limit. There sh probably should be a limit for everyone to how much exposure you need before you make certain decisions for yourself or before you like form certain opinions. And mm -hmm. I struggle with this so much because I think for the longest time, I just keep thinking, oh, someone will give me an answer. So I'll keep reaching out to more and more people and I'll share more and more of my story. And yeah. again, especially when it comes to relationship stuff, like everyone's figuring that out. It's very complicated to figure out what you need in a relationship, what you want out of a relationship, what you um, are looking for in a partner, all of that stuff. And you evolve, you're constantly evolving. So as a partner that you're with or that you're the people that you might be with. So, like, you know, you're having these conversations over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I always used to invite so many people into that space. And yeah. now I'm realizing, okay, I don't need that many people in this space or in this type of conversation because if anything it just adds to confusion and everyone comes from different perspectives and different backgrounds and experiences yeah. and I it's so hard to constantly remember oh she's saying this because she went through this this and this and therefore she's formulating this thought because of that I didn't go through all of those things so I wouldn't know and also it's good to know that she went through all of that because now I know what it would be like if I went through all of what she was going through and I could potentially avoid that or <laughs> I might just need to experience it myself and and just deal with the consequences as they come. And then I get confused because I'm like, I don't even know. What do I want? Like, I, I hear that, that I hear Kevin from the office going, what do I want? What do I want? And I'm like, I don't know anymore because I'm so confused now because so many people are telling me so many different things. And I have to figure out, okay, I believe that there's a right and wrong for myself. What does that look like? I have to sit with myself much longer. I have to yes. go through these, like, I will slow things use, down. Yeah, I have to slow things down. I have to take it day by day. I have to really spend time with myself, learn what my needs are. Mm -hmm. And that isn't easy. And that doesn't, that takes a while to get used to and to actually prioritize time for. And I think that that's what's, that's what I'm hearing when it comes to like the cost of being too open or too vulnerable or too, mm -hmm. too willing to um, include so many people in our bubbles and in our networks and in yeah. our circles. Cause it's just the co the paradox of choice, right? At the end of the day, like you have, you're presented with too many options and then you're mm -hmm. left with even more confusion and it could lead to you feeling genuinely stuck and even more frazzled than you may have been yep. if you were so limited. Like I think about like even friendships and relationships in the past when we didn't have as much technology and we didn't have as many um, ways to communicate and people just communicated simply with like letters and um, <laughs> we had very simple, our, our understanding of our, what our needs was was so simple that we didn't like so much of this reflection didn't cross our minds because we didn't mm -hmm. have a need for it in the time and now that we have much more progress and much more growth in all realms of society we also are required to have these more difficult conversations with ourselves and to redefine what our needs and goals are and to redefine our boundaries we didn't even yeah. need to know what our boundaries were at one point in time at least 
I could be generalizing way too much, but I feel like just a little, like, just a little bit. But it's okay. It's okay. I think they, I think they knew what boundaries were back then, but I think boundaries back then were almost a result of where we were in society. Like you yeah. couldn't call after nine. You couldn't call until after nine because you were going to pay for minutes. Like you had to be like True. wise with your text messages because you were paying per text message. So like, yeah. I think we had boundaries back then. They just Maybe sometimes we didn't have to think about them because society just like or rules or whatever were there. And yeah, it came with it. Yeah. And that that comes to the idea of like, it's so cool that we now have so much freedom and independence on how we navigate our lives. I I need to stop saying we. I personally feel like I have so much more freedom and independence with how I navigate my life compared to even my sister. She had to go through the expectations that my parents placed on her, that society placed on her. And it was much more difficult for her to refuse certain boxes or certain labels or, um, mm-hmm. you know, standards because she was the firstborn and she just like was presented with certain information that she just had to deal with. Whereas I had her as basically the guinea pig and the, the person who went through it all. I got to observe, pay attention to what she did, then decide, OK, nah, that's not it for me, bro. Like, I don't want that life. I don't want mm-hmm. this med school hardship stuff that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go another route which I won't say is not is like easier or harder but it's I got to go a path that I didn't have to force to become my passion whereas she I think grew to love medicine over time mm-hmm. because she was only really exposed to it and I got to be much more explorative explorative while I was in college and while I was in high school and I also just had more opportunity to look at what other people were doing because using LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok like all of this stuff was so much more normalized uh to utilize as like a way to network and literally like yeah, learn about other true. people's experiences that my sister didn't have as much access to um and it wasn't as talked about as like a method you know God, this is so interesting you're so right yeah. well what are oh. you thinking <laughs> i'm thinking that working with the youth for over 13 years and one of the questions that I love asking them is, what do you want to do when you graduate? Or what do you want to do when you grow up? I love that question. And this is like the mm-hmm. first year that I'm getting more I don't knows than an actual response. Yeah. And I don't know, now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking like, is this a result of social media, of just being exposed to yeah. too much information? I know that like the space that we're in right now, this didn't really exist for me when I was in high school. So mm-hmm had you asked me what I wanted to do it would have been more of a like a career path that is more stable or well known like and so just being exposed to so much information and knowing that kind of positions are moving and changing and being created almost daily is this is this you know the result of what we're seeing you know because information has its perks and we've seen it firsthand I mean just look at the space that we're in yeah and I mean at the end of the day that's the pro right and then there is the cost of now I know too much and I have no idea what I want to, you know, like I hear a lot of <laughs> yeah, people in true. my boat that's just like, wait, I'm so confused on where I want to go or what I want to do or even who I want to date and how I want to like mm-hmm. uh, who I want to be with because I there's just I want to keep trying out new things. I want to keep going. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just harder for you to form a sense of identity when it comes to yeah. um, it's been harder for me to really establish a sense of identity because of all of the opportunity around me and Mm -hmm. I've embraced the mentality of, okay, my identity will form as I reflect on whatever experiences I choose to embrace and embark in. Which is very true. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
I don't necessarily need to have all my opinions and all my thoughts about everything that's happening in the world figured out right now because mm-hmm. everything consistently changes with time and with age and just maturity. And that's okay. And I've also known that, okay, that's my boundary. My boundary now is like, okay, when it feels like it's genuinely hurting me to the point where I can't think about anything else and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling bad about myself because I work so hard to develop a sense of self-love and confidence in who I am and how I am presenting myself. And if that is coming into clash with whatever's going on, then I know there's there's a need to step back and something that Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to like really think about more deeply or critically which is why I was thinking like oh if if my parents ever did listen to this episode or like the last episode and they heard and they were upset that's something that I can reevaluate and assess based on how their reactions are but I can't have control over everything and I also can't hold myself back because I don't have that control Mm, preach I am loving (laughs) okay so you said that I just want to make sure I heard you right you were saying that your boundaries change sometimes or like we were you were saying so that something does change frequently or can change frequently um but that you have to kind of keep checking in with yourself and being reflective and yeah. how sometimes those things can move i guess what i was trying to get at is when i heard you say that i was thinking about my values i think that sometimes my values are always consistent mm-hmm. but how i approach them or how I place like the level of priority on them changes depending on what stage I'm in. So I think love, grace, acceptance and all that stuff has always been a part of who I am, but how I've applied it to not only myself, but others Mm. around me, I think that has changed. I think I've learned how to be um, just like more forgiving or more open with the way I apply a lot of the, the boundaries that are close to my values. Yeah, yeah. That actually makes a lot so. of sense. And now it's making me <laughs> rethink certain things because now I'm wondering, <laughs> OK, like what if, yeah, certain parts of ourselves are already established or because I, I maybe I have always been someone who's a little bit more open minded and empathetic. And it's it's always come easier for me than for some other people I know to be just really open to how other people are in the world and how they function and just look at people with a sense of um with the benefit of doubt and give them like love and understanding rather than like um hard limits of like no this isn't okay I'm not going to be okay with this and I wonder if it's just the way that I've been applying those values has shifted now rather than like developing those values overall like I don't know if my values themselves have changed because I don't I don't remember even practicing reflecting on what my values were when I was younger yeah, I don't think they have because I think you and I have known each other for almost two years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and so I think a lot of times when you and I have conversations, we've changed our perspective, but we haven't changed our values on things. Like, That's I true. think there are some deep conversations that you and I have had about like our communication styles or our, our you know, policies and, and politics that, you know, and mm-hmm. I think how we've approached those values of ours have changed, but the values are very much still there. And that's also interesting because you met me at a time that's later in my growth. Like you let you met me post-college and college, I think, is where I had been exposed to so much more. And that made me reevaluate a lot of what I believed in or what I thought about. 
which then shifted my perspective on how other people can change too. Because, for example, mm-hmm. I used to have a very black and white opinion around the legal system and the incarceration system. You do the crime, you do the time. That's always what I thought. I was like, oh, I'm just never going to like do anything bad, so I'll never get caught up in the cycle. And I learned yeah. much more of the history around how incarceration in our society works and functions and who gets more caught up in the system and who doesn't and what kinds of resources and opportunities some people have versus other people that then present, um, you know, more information for like who is again stuck in the system and who isn't all of that stuff Mm -hmm. I started to like basically learn more context which shifted my perspective on like on why people get incarcerated essentially and why people Mm -hmm. um get entangled in the system and I have very different perceptions of it now and I think it also helped me shape my values around empathy and forgiveness Mm -hmm. I don't know if I always had those as as they are now when I was in college or even in high school because I just didn't have as much exposure. I didn't know. My values are very much shaped by the people around me. And I was around a lot mm-hmm. of people who believed in one thing versus another. And so I like stuck with that because I didn't know any better or I didn't know I didn't have exposure to anything different. But the more I yeah. started experiencing different perspectives and ideas and beliefs, the easier it became for me to understand what my own values were. And now mm-hmm. I think those values are steady, but how I apply them shifts based on the context I guess season yeah at the end of the day though like when you're young (laughs) and when you're so exposed to so much at once as a kid like I think about people who are in middle school and elementary school and high Mm -hmm. school who are using TikTok and social media to have exposure to anything and everything at their fingertips you can literally look up anything and you will find something for it anything to my knowledge (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) Um, um, At least to my belief, I feel like you could look up most things and find something about it or another. Um, And that's both exciting because it's like so much knowledge that's at your fingertips and also really Mm -hmm. scary because like, what does that mean about how kids are forming their identities um, when they're younger? Yes, their sense of self. You know, most of the assignments are all online for students these days. They have Google Classrooms. And so in a way, the school is meeting the students where they're at, but there isn't a course about social media or even just like taking Mm -hmm. on the laptop. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe I'm wrong when it comes to that. But I know that for sure isn't like the social media course, social media management um, curriculum that is being taught. There isn't this space in education where you learn about boundaries, the effects, the impacts of being online. I think there's a need to make it a subject. All subjects have rules and students have to learn about them. So I just, I don't know. I think that this would be helpful. But that's my take. Yeah, and it's something that we've all had to kind of figure out together almost. Like what what, and how do you create boundaries for yourself using social media and what does that look Mm -hmm. like? And now you and I are retesting those boundaries and refiguring them out because both of us used to be pretty much just like, ah, we don't really care about social media. Like we don't need to put our life Mm -hmm. on social media. And now we're literally in the space of content creation and and it's kind of required (laughs) in some way for us to be active. I think every post for us is like an experiment. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now I'm much more aware of what I can and can't share and how I share and who's going to see it and what they're going to say and what it could say about me. And that's interesting. And I'm glad we're doing it now where I already have a sense of self-identity established so that when things become more difficult or potentially there's more conflict, we can address it together 
and mm-hmm. I know I can like I have you to lean on and I also know that I have myself to lean on more than I probably did mm-hmm. if I were doing something like this in college or high school so true but I wonder about that's because I also lived the life without having social media as a norm when I was young like I don't know yeah. if that, like you know what I'm saying like I, I think it I is think, a little bit different I think that like yeah for those who have grown up with social media I think they've had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way and that's how they created their boundaries that's how they found out like what was important to them and that you can't post everything there Mm -hmm. has to be you know some type of discrepancy on what you you put out there for the world and I think that they learned because of the hard way and some of them found out through either a school or through losing friends or you know backlash whatever it is but unfortunately, yeah. I think that that was the way they kind of learned. Yeah. And I wonder, I have to wonder, like, what it must be like to always be seeing what other people are doing and are, are up to and how they're growing and learning and succeeding when mm-hmm. I'm so young and I have done very little myself. Like, yeah. if I were in high school and, and I was on social media, as, I I already remember, like, I defined a lot of my own self-worth based on how many likes I got on an Instagram post and I felt Mm -hmm. like other people in my class did the same thing or by how many followers I had on Instagram in general like all of those things made a huge difference on how cool you were how popular how much you had to say like what your life was worth in terms of interestingness like was I an interesting person did I have a lot to share um did I feel special all of that stuff And now there's a lot more conversation about boundary setting when it comes to social media. So there's more exposure for younger people to probably like engage in those conversations more and figure out what they want because it's so normalized. Mm -hmm. But it like it's it's crazy to think that, yeah, there's just there's no curriculum around it. Like there's no like set rules or guidelines and it's just a free for all. It's just a constant living in your own experiment and figuring out what works and doesn't work for you. And that's scary. Like very for I mean, for me, it is at least. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the norm for kids these days. So I wonder if like, I wonder how they are. Maybe we can bring someone who's younger on board (laughs) um, and have a conversation. (laughs) But um, it is an interesting, we we kind of went from like talking about the idea of being super open and how that's both a strength and can also be your greatest weakness at times. And just in general, how sometimes our biggest strengths can be our biggest weaknesses. And I think I talk, I I, like think about that a lot. Like I think I'm very, I let myself be very vulnerable. And at the cost that I know a lot of people might consider me weak in some ways, or like Mm. I'm too willing, too malleable, too nice, too uh, understanding, too naive. And I... I have to constantly deal with like, oh, do I want to show up that way? Do I want other people to see me that way? And also... I love being curious. I love learning about what other people have to share and what or what they have to say and what they're going through, what their experiences are. And I love like sharing on my own. I love talking. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so at what cost is it really? And would I be, would there be a greater cost to me not being this way? And, and now it's just a matter of like, how do I set boundaries to like balance the two sides of me or like the two needs I have of, both wanting to stay open and also wanting to stay confident in myself Mm -hmm. and in my self-worth. I think about 
the potential of having to like defend myself hmm. in regards to like either a value or what we say because I mean what we're talking about we're talking about the, the other episode you know where you're talking about with your dad and I think for me that was like one of the things that I was starting to really uh, reflect on was like when I look at some of our old episodes, I'm just like, ugh, they're so cringy. But I know that we can't get to episode 11 unless we have a love episode, episode one. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this part of me that kind of wants to message you and just be like, can we just take them off? Like, they are so, like, <laughs> some of them are really good, but some of them I just feel like I overshared because I still didn't know uh-huh. what my boundaries were at the time. Like, I knew that I valued being vulnerable but at what cost? And now yeah. that I'm in the space that I'm in, I'm like, ooh, okay, maybe I sh- didn't have to go into that much detail and I didn't have to yeah. share it. And so it's just like, what do I? What am I going to do when somebody comes and asks me about this? Or I'm who's to even say that this is going to even happen? But, you know, hypothetically in our head, we always create these scenarios. Yeah. And how do it's like, how do I jump in front of it? And so I think for me, I had to really like think and meditate. And yesterday when I thought about like, what do I have to say? And, you know, just deep within myself, it would just felt like I don't have to defend myself. But if somebody is saying something that makes me feel um, that robs me of love, peace, joy or reassurance, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to practice letting that go. Hmm. And because that's not for me, because when I said what I said, I had every intention of like not trying to hurt anybody or like to me, that was just genuinely like that was that moment and I'm just yeah. gonna honor her for whatever Ada said in that on that podcast or in any area of my life but when somebody says something to me it's just like I've got to deal with that emotion I've got to either surrender it um and I don't know I, I think that that was just com- something that was coming up for me as I was like listening to you kind of like be reflective about mm-hmm. you know the past episodes or just like how we show up in certain spaces yeah I think that's super interesting I think the concept of defending myself um, ourselves sticks with me a lot too. I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm living in the space where I, I'm always justifying to other people and in mm-hmm. turn to myself, all of my decisions or a lot of my thoughts or, and I feel like sometimes I'm like, I could make life a lot easier by just adhering to what I think other oh, people absolutely. would want me to do. Right. Or what I think a lot of other signs are pointing me in a lot of other directions I should, I could be taking life could be a lot more simple potentially and then I have to think about okay but again at what cost like what is my happiness what how do I define happiness for myself what does that look like who do I want to surround myself with when it comes to feeling these emotions of excitement and and energy and how do I feel like life is worth living for me and and the whole for me part can be really hard because I'm a very indecisive person also um and I think that the other interesting aspect of this is that we're both it's clear that both of us are from different generations we're different ages mm-hmm. and we still are okay, going it's not through... that clear okay <laughs> get some i meant it's vibes, clear okay <laughs> but yes <laughs> i meant i meant our audience should by now know that we yes. are different ages and of different generations and you said you're a millennial and um I am. What is, but it's interesting to think about how we're both navigating similar, like, life's questions. Um, like, I, in, yeah, you know, what I'm I saying? don't, and I don't think that it, you're like, I love what you're bringing up, and I just don't think it ends. Like, I think yeah. if we were to bring on our parents, they would also have responses to what we're sharing in a, a different mm-hmm. perspective. 
but maybe very similar values. Like I think my values would also resonate with my parents and I think yours would resonate with yours. And so yeah. these are just like life questions. And I think that the one that we keep proposing, proposing is like every choice that we make, how we show up, what boundaries we want to have, what boundaries we don't want to have. Everything, even our choices, just have a cost. And yeah. what is it? What yeah. are we willing to sacrifice for this other thing? Mm-hmm. And I think we are constantly having to pick and choose throughout life. And we, you and I, we don't have kids. We're not married. But I, <laughs> like this conversation is going to change over time. And I think that when we get into those spaces in that stage of life where we are procreating, where we are in a marriage, I think that like some of what we're doing now, we may no longer be able to do it because it's not worth the cost. Yeah, our costs, uh, the way that we weigh these checks and balances for ourselves are going to change with time and with experience. Uh, and it's going to be curious. It's going to be an interesting experiment for ourselves to also be able to look back at even these episodes and hear what we said in the past. And then a year from now, hear how we're feeling uh, and how we're thinking about ourselves and the people around us and what boundaries, what new boundaries we may have created or what ones we let go of. Um yeah for that season of our life because again it matters like context matters to all of this right like at the end of the day oh, like absolutely. what stage you're in what what conflicts you're grappling with <laughs> um all of that will shift your mentality and your perspectives constantly so i love that i do too i think it brings up those values for us where when i do listen to a past episode i'm gonna go ahead and just be like really compassionate towards that version of me <laughs> and forgiving yeah. And then when it comes to future episodes, I think, you know, looking at it from this perspective of just kind of giving myself grace, like, hey, I'm not always going to say the perfect thing, but what's important is that we are being vulnerable and we are being honest and we are stepping into that brave space and sharing, our, you know, our very real human experience. Yeah. Um, and, and so I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. I loved it. I love the way it just unfolded. I think some of the things that you shared with, they just like struck within me. And I'm sure that they, that those words that you were sharing really resonated with some other people. You had some very good moments in there that I was just like, <laughs> snaps, yes, preach, go, <laughs> Right back to you. <laughs> I had a lot of like, oh, mic drop. Like, oh my God, that was good. <laughs> I don't want to follow this up, but I keep wanting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I think that sums up this episode. Um, and again, like we said, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and we hope to bring in some of you listeners on here, especially some of you younger ones that were listening and you have ideas or you have responses to some of the things that we said. Go ahead, yes. shoot us a text message or a DM or something yeah. and just let us know. Maybe give us some of your thoughts because we are so open. We love to hear what is on your mind, what came up for you. And um, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode next Friday. We are dropping episodes every Friday. So be Ooh. sure to like, follow, subscribe, and hit your notifications so that you do not miss an episode because you don't want to. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> Nobody wants to miss an episode of The Tea with A and B. So. The Tea. Okay, that was, a, that was a mic drop outro. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, A and B out. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> The Tea with A&V is a production of Akoyo Consulting, 
an alternative dispute resolution consulting firm that provides a unique experience of healing. Our goal is to equip others with the strategies and skills to find their purpose, gain clarity about who they are, and improve their relationships. We're encouraging a generation that embraces self-reflection and healing as a part of the human experience. For more information on who we are and what we do, find us at www.akoyoconsulting.com. That's www.akouoconsulting.com.